Welcome to Box Talk, a podcast for affiliates and coaches. Powered by Kettlebell Kitchen is a goal-based meal delivery service that believes in fueling the body with high-quality, nutrient-dense foods to help you perform your best. Head over to kettlebellkitchen.com and use the code BOXTALK to get $25 off your first two orders of $50 or more. Well, welcome to this episode of Box Talk. I'm your host, Heather, editor of Box Pro Magazine, and I am here today with Billy Joe of CrossFit Frankfurt. Billy Joe, welcome to the show. Glad to have you here. Thanks for having me, Heather. Yeah, of course. So, uh, you know, it's it's pretty wet here in Louisville, Kentucky, and we're only like an hour hour from you guys. Is it raining yep. by you? Soaking wet here, too. <laughs> oh, yeah, I know. You're just like, come on. Like, I love spring, but but it's wet and cold. I'm like, what yes. happened to spring? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, but anyways, enough about the weather. I, I think I talk about the weather in every episode because it's just a great icebreaker. Um, but let's talk about you, Billy Joe. Let's talk about okay. who you are. Uh, how'd, you, how'd you find out about CrossFit? How'd you get to where you are today and an owner of a gym? So I um, am a Marine turned stay-at-home mom, turned box owner. So <laughs> Those are all very different roles from each other. Yes, extremely different. Um, so we were first introduced to CrossFit, actually, when we were still in the Marine Corps, my husband and I, and we were stationed on the East Coast, had a captain come to us from the West Coast, um, where they had already started to implement CrossFit and some of their PT and training. So on his days to lead, or to lead PT, we did CrossFit and I absolutely hated it. I despised it because it was awful. I was really good at Marine Corps PT. And when it were, when they were CrossFit days, I was like, I really suck at this. This is awful. And it makes me feel incompetent. So I did not like CrossFit at first. What what was different Um, between the two? Just the, um, the high intensity, you know, like we'd go for a long run. I could do a long run. We would do pull-ups, you know, pull-up work. We would do push-ups, things like that. And I was good at those types of things. But when we're doing wall balls and we're, you know, going straight from one thing to the next, 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 it was just oh, a lot wow. different. Um, so I did not like CrossFit at first. <laughs> but, um, you know, as we moved around different stations and stuff, it wasn't big on the East Coast then. You didn't really hear about CrossFit a whole lot or anything. Um, and then my husband, who was on another deployment, was in Afghanistan and ended up at a CrossFit uh, base where they had CrossFit. And we were kind of looking to get out of the deployment cycle. You know, we had a couple of kids at this point and he was like, I think this is what we're gonna do. He had a degree in biology and kinesiology already. He had been a personal trainer for years before he ever joined the Marine Corps and kind of knew what he was doing and doing his own thing and saw more progress in the month and a half that he was there at the CrossFit gym than he had seen the whole like 10 months prior. So he was like, this is what we're going to do. So um, that's how we kind of got started. We started planning in 2012, looking at different locations and things like that. And um, I was like, cool, this is your dream. I'll support you in it. And, um, so we made it happen. We opened June 1st, 2013. We moved States and, um, opened up in my hometown. So that's how we came to be. Okay. Yeah, no, for sure. And so I'm kind of curious. I always love asking because opening up a business is a different mentality than at really anything else. And especially like you're coming from the Marines and, what what made you go, let's do a business and become entrepreneurs? 
it was something we had kind of talked about doing. We, our original thought was we had a five to 10 year plan. We were going to move and open up Frankfurt's first brew pub. That was what we originally Ooh, thought. And this is, this uh, is quite different we, than that. Yeah, quite different. Yeah. <laughs> and he was like, it's going to take us a good five to 10 years to save up that kind of capital and things that we would need to invest in it. He was like, this is right up my alley, you know, back from his personal training days, he always thought it'd be cool to own his own gym. So we jumped ship and did that instead. We had the startup money already. So we just needed to finish out his contract before we could actually make the move. So, yeah. Wow. Oh my gosh. That's crazy. So from from what maybe you thought it would be, or mm-hmm. maybe you didn't have any thoughts it would be, but has it been what you thought? Has it been harder, easier? Yeah, I'm going to say it's been what we've thought, yes and no. Um, <laughs> so uh, we, honestly, we were very blessed to be in the area we were in when we first started, because once he came back, we were in the Northern Virginia area, and we started out at CrossFit Reston. And, um, they are amazing. Maggie and Jeff run an amazing place there. And so we were very blessed to have that as an example as to kind of how we wanted to model things. Um, the level of coaching that they provide the community that they have, things like that. And so we knew going in that that was kind of what we wanted to do when we've just tried to kind of model, like I said, our operations somewhat off of what they did there. Um, and so we were very blessed to have that opportunity to start there, but, um, you know, it's, there's always things that you don't plan for. Um, always, yeah, always. <laughs> so, you know, yes and no, it's a, it's a lot longer hours than you anticipate when you're first thinking about it. But, um, but it's been overall, it's been, um, an amazing experience and one that we're glad we kind of took the plunge on. So, yeah. Good. Yeah, and yeah. I'm kind of curious because you you brought up CrossFit Reston and yeah, what were maybe one or two things that you thought, wow, like we really learned this from them and kind of pulled this over to Frankfurt that uh, maybe you could impart to uh, our audience listening. I would say one of the things that I because this was when the whole boom was happening really across the nation when we first got started is um, your elite level athletes that they would produce because they're notorious for kind of doing that. Um, it wasn't really bragged about in the gym. It wasn't like, Oh, we've got, you know, Christy Phillips and Oh, we've got Gretchen Kittleberger and all these other, you know, Jeff Tincher and, and all these athletes that are just amazing. They train so hard. It wasn't necessarily, Hey, look at us. We've got all these people. They were your everyday coaches. And it wasn't really talked about. They were just part of the community. And it was just one of those things that, you know, as it started to expand, it was like, look at this person and look at that person. And I'm like, Gretchen's going up for the regionals. That's awesome. Like she was our coach. Like it just wasn't one of those things. It was just like really out in your face. It was more about, hey, this is our box. Hey, this is our community. Um, And that was one of the things that we've tried to be huge about is community, both within the box and and outside of it as well. So, um, but just the level of detail that they take um, as far as their coaching as well, I think was huge. And um, we've tried to really dial in on, you know, the form um, with everybody, 
things like that, I think has been really beneficial for us and, you know, cutting down on injuries and things like that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, no, that's cool. I, I think that's awesome that you guys came from somewhere that you felt like you could really learn from and even replicate some things that you knew. That means that what they were doing, they were doing well. And yes. that means you want to replicate it. So, yes. Uh, but I am kind of curious, but Joe, you know, how has Frankfurt evolved through the years? Because you've been open five, six It'll be years? six years, June 1st. Wow, yeah, so years. exciting. So six years. So like evolution. Mm-hmm. Can you kind of paint a picture for us? Oh, absolutely. So Frankfurt's a small town. You know, we're right in between Lexington and Louisville, but, you know, still has that very small town feel. And when we first started looking at places to go, you know, it was like, I'm from Frankfurt. My husband's from Colorado. CrossFit was everywhere in Colorado. There were three or four boxes in Lexington. There were probably nine to 12 in Louisville. There was nothing in between. And so that's where we decided to go. And before we ever moved back here to be able to open, because like I said, we had to finish out my husband's contract. There was already one that opened. They did their official opening in March. We opened June 1st, and there was a third one that opened in a matter, like two months after us. Oh, wow. So in a matter of six months, you had three gyms open up in a small town, three CrossFit gyms. Um, and it's been, um, so it's been harder to kind of get going and get started than we initially anticipated. Uh, you know, when you anticipate being the first in town and there's this kind of big boom or whatever, you know, you're banking on kind of having that as a benefit. We were the new guys coming in because I hadn't been here for 12 years. So we were the new guys coming in. We're not known as trainers whatsoever to anyone here. And you come into two gyms that are already established as trainers, already have a clientele that they're building from. So it was challenging at first for us. Um, But I think the biggest thing that people can do is you have your mission, you have your goal, you can have what you want your community to look like, and you need to stick with that and build that. Um, I think a lot of people get wrapped up of, you know, hey, so-and-so is opening around the corner and they're doing this and they're offering this specialty class and this and that. And we are the only gym in the area that is still a CrossFit only gym. Uh, We do offer kids classes. That was one of the first programs that we opened. I apologize. Um, But we're the only ones that are still doing just CrossFit. We believe in the methodology. Uh, We believe that we don't want to specialize. And so that's what we've continued to do. So we just try and focus on what it is we want to do, the product that we want to build, and try and do it the best that we can. Yeah, no, that makes sense. So, and you, you've mentioned being in a small town a couple of times, and I know you guys aren't the only CrossFit box located in a small right. town with even other CrossFit boxes in the small town. So could you maybe speak to that a little bit? Maybe things you've learned even being in that maybe closer, tight-knit community, uh, you know, how, how do you survive in that? How do you even thrive and flourish and uh, you know, cause is there enough people for all of you, you know, kind of those questions? Yeah, there's absolutely enough people. And honestly, just really the more people you can get moving, the better. Um, and I'm one of those people that I've had people call and they say, Hey, we're looking for this. Do you have, this as an option. Do you have, this as an option. And I've said, we're probably not the right fit for you. We don't have those things, but Hey, I know this one down the street does. And I have no problem saying, Hey, you need to check these people out. Um, just because I don't want them to come here, be disappointed. And you know, they don't have these other options. And then, 
you know, it leave a bad taste in their mouth. I'd rather be upfront with them from the get go. I mean, there's, like I said, there's plenty to go around and just the more you can get people moving, whether it's here, whether it's at another box, then it's just better all around for the community. Yeah. And is being plugged into the local community beneficial in a small town? Absolutely. Absolutely. Whether it's the chamber, whether it's, you know, doing joint events with the other boxes, whether it's getting plugged in with some of the nonprofits and stuff in town. Um, We have, you know, been fortunate enough that my husband is now involved with the police force as well. And so we've been able to make some good connections there. Um, They've been able to use our facility to do some of their training when they have like group trainings and stuff like that. So it's been, it's been neat to get plugged in more to the community. Yeah, no, that's really cool. That's neat. So, all right, cool. So I always love to ask, I mean, I don't know if people love to answer it, but I always love to ask and be like, what, what are some of the biggest challenges you've had since opening CrossFit Frankfurt? What are some of the things that you all have really had to, you know, face and overcome in order to get to where you are today? I think the hardest part for me is in advertising, you kind of have to brag about yourself a little. You kind of have to um, put yourself out there a little bit. And I have a really hard time with that. It's just one of those things that we, I just personally like to let things kind of speak for themselves. I'm not a big, I don't like to tout myself or anything like that. And so it's kind of hard to, to do that and advertise and, and advertise well, if that makes sense. Um, so we honestly, we've tried a few things as far as advertising, but I think the biggest thing is just word of mouth and just letting your product speak for itself. You know, I don't need to put myself out there above anybody else. I don't need to downgrade anybody else in order to, you know, make myself look better. I really don't think that works anyway. Um, but I think that's probably the hardest thing is just being able to really put myself out there advertising wise and, um, it's just, it's hard for me to be like, oh, I deserve this or, oh, I deserve that. Or I don't know. It's just, it's, it's just hard for me to do personally. So I think, I don't think you're alone, Billy Joe. I feel like I talked to a lot of affiliate owners who are like, oh, like, so we really want to tote how awesome we are. Like, are right. we really, like, it's like, it's like there's this lack of confidence in the business owner. I think it's growing, but there's a lack of confidence in the business owner and the value and worth that they have. So gotcha. you're, you're not alone in that. I mean, that's I think, good to know. You, oh yeah, you're speaking to everybody else. I feel like that's listening. Some people are like, I don't know what she's talking about. I'm confident. But a lot of people that I've talked to, a lot of owners have been like, yeah, it's just, it's just hard because you have to. You have to sell. It's basically selling at that point. And if you yeah. if you're not used to that, it's very very different. So, um now is that something that you've been like just have never done before and you've just had to kind of learn as you go? It's just not uh I guess it's just not my personality, you know. It's not I'm I've never been one to really try and brag a whole lot about things and I feel like that's some of what it is. And so it's very hard for me to do. I don't know that it's necessarily a a confidence thing. I feel like we're very confident in the product that we offer, uh, the coaching that we give, things like that. It's, I think it's just a a bragging thing that I'm kind of uncomfortable with. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, we should ask our audience, guys, if you're, you're listening to this and you have any, uh, 
answers for Billy Joe. Comment on this on the post, comment on the podcast, and I will let her know what you say. But that that could be great to ask them. Like, hey, how do you guys deal with this this thing yeah. of boasting that uh, you might feel like, or right. what would you even say to Billy Joe when she says this is boasting? No matter if you're looking to lose weight, build muscle, or just crush PRs, Kettlebell Kitchen is here to help make it happen. Head over to kettlebellkitchen.com and use the code BOXTALK to get $25 off your first two orders of $50 or more. And anything else like over the years that you, you know, guys have had to fight through and, and work towards and, and really grow in? I think just being a small business owner is, is tough in general. Um, you know, like I said, there's always things that you don't think about, you don't plan for. When we you know, first started, it was super expensive to buy insurance. And we actually ended up losing our insurance because the insurance company we had ended up going out after the Affordable Care Act and everything. And so we actually ended up, um, that's why my husband is now involved with the police force. We needed health insurance. And so he got on there to provide our family insurance. And in doing so, I ended up taking over the box. So my husband's dream then became my job. Um, and you know, we also have a special needs child. My son was diagnosed a couple of years ago with autism. And so just the balance, I think of the family life with the box life or the the business aspect is huge and, and is a challenge for anyone. Um, I know there's, there's definitely burnout in the business or there can be. And so I think you just have to be really intentional on how you spend your time in between classes and things like that. So just really trying hard to create that balance so that it's not just business all the time. Mm -hmm. So has it still remained that way shifted where you're running the box and he's working for the police force? It is. Um, he wasn't on the police force very long and his reserve unit got called up. And so he actually went away for a year. That was probably the most challenging year that we've had. Um, however, we have an amazing group of coaches that really stepped up to help out, uh, fill in when I had stuff with the kids and things like that. We, um, we have nine coaches right now. And they, they've just been amazing. And that's, that, that's a lot for a small box. I feel like so. Yeah. <laughs> but yes. they've, they've been amazing, especially since they're all part-time, you know, that's their second job. So, but, um, like I said, the, the community really rallied and, and helped us get through that year. So yeah. is he back now? He is back. Yeah. He okay. got back just before Christmas. So we were able to have the holidays together and oh, he's transitioned back to full time at the police force. And okay. so he helps me out on his days off, but I've for two and a half years now, I've kind of been running the show. So like, I got this. Don't worry about I got it. We got it. We're good. <laughs> yeah. I remember you saying when, when we were talking about the box for leadership summit and I reached out to you that he was gone and I was like, how are they making that happen? But it, it, it's interesting how it works out. It's almost like the year prior was a prep year to be like, this is going to happen and you don't know it yet. Yes. Yes. <laughs> but we're preparing you. So interesting. That's, yeah, that's really interesting. So maybe any, any practical tips that you've learned in terms of, you know, seeking out that balance between business and family and just life that you can maybe give to uh, the owners listening? Cause that's another thing I hear in the industry that people struggle with is that it's finding mm -hmm. that balance. Yeah. I think you almost have to budget your time. Like you budget your money. 
you know, I've, I've got this amount of time to answer emails. I'm going to answer them during this part of the day. Instead of every time my phone rings, I'm answering it. Instead of every time my phone dings, I'm looking at that email. So budgeting out your time, I think, is crucial because it's easy to get wrapped up in, you know, oh, it's, it could be a business um, call. It could be this. It could be that. Uh, so I think, like I said, you just need to budget your time like you budget your money and um, just be intentional about how it is you spend it. Surround yourself with people who you want to be like and um, work to build those same kind of people underneath of you so that you're building people that can essentially replace you. And that can be scary for a lot of people because they're like, oh, I've raised these people up and, and then they go and start their own. You should want them to do that, right? You should want to have your coaches and mentor your coaches to where they could eventually replace you. So that's and your athletes be better than you are. It's just kind of the mindset that we have. So, yeah, yeah, no, I, I mean, I agree. You, you want people who can replace you so that if something should happen, it'll be fine. <laughs> right. So, yeah. So, okay. All right. We've talked about hard stuff. Let's, we can move past some of the hard stuff and be like, okay, challenges, <laughs> we'll put them in a box. Maybe we'll come back to them. I don't know. But let's talk about good things. Let's talk about yes. successes. Well, you know, what is CrossFit Frankfurt? good at what are some things that uh, through the years you guys you guys have really grasped and buckled down on you're like this is this is kind of where we excel I think there's a few areas that we've done really well I think one is developing coaches and like I said we've had we've got nine right now they're they all came from internal and um, we've developed a coaches internship program to kind of bring them on board And I also, for us being a small box, I also offer incentives for my coaches to uh, a continuing education fund, essentially, because I want them to know more so that they can coach my athletes better and that they can be better coaches. So I think that that is something that we've done really well. Uh, All of our coaches have not only been raised in house, they've all stayed in house as of uh, as of now. So uh, I think that's something we've done really well, too. I think just our coaches knowing that we want to focus on form. It doesn't matter to me how much weight you can lift if your form is crappy, because that strength essentially is only going to get you so far without the form. Um, The other thing that we're really big on is lifetime fitness. Um, I don't want someone to just be here for a short amount of time. I want this to be something that they can prolong. And so the whole like live to wad another day kind of saying is, you know, don't worry about not RXing the weight today. That's fine. Don't worry about not going, you know, chest to bars today, butterfly chest to bars to get a faster score. If your shoulders bothering you a little bit, right? Let's modify things. Let's tweak things so that you can get back in here tomorrow because your shoulder's not killing you. Um, we've got quite a few that are like our demographic isn't your young, like twenties demographic. You know, most of our demographic is 30 and older. So they're just looking for that everyday lifetime fitness. And, um, that's what we want to focus on. We were very fortunate enough. We had one of our athletes go to the games last year, but like I said, that's not our focus. It's not to say we can't work with you on that competition level, but that's, that hasn't been how we've gotten our clientele so yeah that makes sense um I'm curious so you mentioned the incentives for your coaches with the continuing Mm -hmm. education can you can you share what that looks like 
Well, initially I want someone who wants to be there. And so I want them to make that upfront investment. I want them to pay for their level one, but you say, Hey, I want to pay for my level one. I want to go do this. Great. I'm going to invest some time in you upfront. I want to be sure that when you go, you're set up for success already. And so I'm going to do some study sessions with you where we break down the level one manual and we kind of break it down to layman's terms. Cause just, it's not, it doesn't read like a textbook. And so it can be kind of confusing for someone who uh, is brand new to it. So we do that so that we can prepare them, set them up for their level one. And then after that, we bring them on for a six-month internship to where the first couple months, they're literally just in the background. They're observing from the coaching aspect of it because that's completely different than being the athlete in the class. So we do that for the first two months. The two months after that, they're hey, you're going to lead through warm-up and mobility today. Hey, you're going to do our skill work today. Hey, you're going to coach through the workout and post-wad today. And we start to put them in on little aspects of the class so I can observe them and how they're interacting and cues they're giving and things like that. And the last two months, I let them take over the class, but I'm always there shadowing them so that I can see their time management and things like that. So we do the six-month internship, and then after that, you're eligible for the coaching incentives. Um, I ask that you get one other continuing education during your five years. Your um, first one, I'm going to pay up to a certain amount, possibly 50% on. So you're still investing some back into um, yourself and your own knowledge. Your second one, you know, because your your specialty courses are 600, 650, maybe $700. Your second one, no more than one in a 12 month period, um, going to be paying 600 to possibly a hundred percent of depending on how much it is. And then your third one, I want you to be testing for that next level up to level two. Um, only because I don't want you to stay at that level one. If you've been coaching for me for almost five years now, when it's time for that to renew, you should be ready for that next level anyway. And so I'm going to pay for that. I'm going to pay for that level two. Um, So I just, like I said, I just, I want my coaches to know that I'm invested in them because if I'm invested in them, they're invested in my athletes. And so that's just what we try to do. We've got coaches meetings once a month to where, you know, yeah, we've got admin stuff to go over, but then we also do breakout sessions to where we're going over new cues. We're giving each other ideas. We're going over ways to set up logistically the class and, you know, how to coach things and how to teach things, you know, in different aspects and different ways. So we just try to be as invested in them because like I said, when I'm not there, they're the ones that are investing in my athletes. And if they're not providing a good product, then that reflects on me. So, yeah, no, for sure. And so, um, like with your coaches meetings now, do Mm -hmm. you do almost like role play or do you just go through? Cause it's, I don't know. Maybe you could even like show us what one of those meetings looks like, because I'm sure some owners would love to know. So if anybody has been to the level two, it kind of looks very similar to your breakout sessions of your level two. And that's kind of where we we got that and started working that before it was just more administrative stuff. But we cover all that stuff on the front end. We've lengthened our coaches meetings where we kind of cover all that stuff on the front end. And then we have a list of three or four movements. And I say, hey, so-and-so is going to coach this movement today. And when they coach it, I say, hey, I only want you to use verbal cues or I only want you to use tactile cues or I only want you to use um, visual cues. And then at the end of it, you know, and you've got coaches that are intentionally doing stuff that's out of whack, or maybe they're mimicking form from another athlete that they see. And so, you know, how would you handle 
correcting this person and things like that. And and so at the end of it, I say, hey, this is what I like. This is what I think you did really well. And these are some things that I think you should tweak. And we all give each other feedback. And it's just a comfortable zone for us to be able to do it with each other as coaches. And if we mess up, we mess up. And it's in that environment. So it's not so intimidating when you're in front of the class. Has that worked really well with your staff? It has. It has. And um, we've seen improvement with some of our coaches in doing so. That's awesome. I think I think it's so key to remember that they need to continue to to grow as well for your athletes to grow. Like that continued education piece is so important. So when you said that, even the staff meetings, it's like you're giving them these education nuggets all along the way, so they continue to be invested, as you said, into the athletes when you're not there. Right. So yeah, I think that's awesome, Billy Joe. That's really cool. Is now have you had um, that mentality of education with coaches since the beginning, or has that evolved over time? That's something that's evolved over time. It's something that we've always wanted to do uh, since we've we've kind of transitioned from the typical you get your membership by being a coach. You're not really being paid to, hey, we're now paying our coaches. Um, you know, we're not only investing in them with payroll, but we're also investing in their education uh, we've we've kind of had that benefit from the get go, but it's we've refined it some over the years, I should say. Okay, yeah, that's awesome. And and then with the like paying for the incentives, is that something you just budget for on a yearly basis? Yeah, we just try and budget best we can for all that kind of stuff. Okay. So that's awesome. That's really cool. Uh, I I just think that's really neat. Oh man, that's really neat. So well, cool. Um, and then Billy Joe, I'm kind of curious, maybe. Do you have like a top lesson or two? We've talked about several, but maybe one or two that you're like, oh, if I could like share this with another owner, this is what I would want them to know from my six years um, in this experience. These are these are the couple lessons that like if I had to impart it onto somebody, these would be the things I'd say. Oh, man. Um, I know there's probably a lot, but yeah. I try to whittle it down. <laughs> yeah, I think the biggest thing is just knowing your community, um, knowing your community and, and knowing your capability. So you can focus on what you're really good at and let somebody else focus on what you're weak at. Right. So if I spend all of my time focusing on bringing these extreme weaknesses up, am I losing what I'm doing well? Um. I think that's a that's a big one is just being who you want to be in your um, in your mission and not worrying about, you know, what everybody else is. Well, so and so is doing this. Well, if that's not what you're good at, let so and so do that. You know, not wasting your time to do that when you've got all these other strengths that you can really focus on. Yeah, that's hard, though, isn't it? To to have that mentality, I feel like. It is sometimes. <laughs> it is sometimes. And I think that's the competitor in all of us, you know, but. Yeah, that's true. It comes up and it's like, oh, but I just want to compare. So I know how much better I am than them. Yeah. <laughs> no, for sure. Well, awesome. Well, Billy Joe, seriously, like, I think it's awesome what you guys have been doing CrossFit Frankfurt. I think that's really cool. Six years is a big deal. It is. What yes. it, what's the statistic? It's like five years, like. It's 75%. I don't know. Some amount of gyms fail before five years. So you're doing well. Well done. We're excited. We're excited (laughs) for another year. Yeah. Are you guys going to do anything? Do you do anything special to commemorate your anniversary or anything like that? Uh, You know, we'll put a a workout together. Uh, We'll probably have a cookout and stuff afterwards. Um, We like to do a lot of community stuff like that, just getting together at the box. And so. Yeah. 
that'll be fun. And then I guess, do you have anything for what's next? Like, do you have any plans for what's coming down the pipeline? Oh man, I don't know. For us, I know a lot of people have kind of been up in arms about the shift from HQ, but for us, it's kind of been about that fitness anyway. So I don't, I don't know. Expand the space. That's probably the next focus. <laughs> yes, yes, yep. That's it's like, oh, but so, when do we do that? Yes. <laughs> well, yeah. that that is very exciting. No, I know. And the whole shift with HQ has been very interesting, uh, very interesting indeed. So, yes. but you're right. It, ultimately, it all comes back to your members and their fitness mm-hmm. and impacting them and their health and wellness on a positive level. Absolutely. So, and I'm like, if you're doing that you're doing something right. So yeah. Well, Billy Joe, thank you so much for being on the show today. It's been awesome having having you here. Yeah, of course. Um, and you guys, if you're listening and going, man, this lady's smart, you're right. Uh, but also just really, I, I challenge you to take a nugget. Maybe it's a nugget from the coaches meetings that she has or the education piece, um, the incentives with that, but take something away and apply it today. I'm going to challenge everyone all the time with that. So, but yeah, Billy Joe, thank you so much. It's been great having you. Kettlebell Kitchen offers meals designed by nutritionists, prepared by chefs, and conveniently delivered so you can spend more time in the gym and less time in the kitchen. Use the code BOXTALK to get $25 off your first two orders of $50 or more. And that wraps it up for this episode of Box Talk. If you liked what you heard, or you have an idea of what you'd like to hear, let me know by emailing heather at peakmedia.com, peak spelled P-E-A-K-E. As always, thanks for dropping in.